Welcome to Lax Historical Context. I'm Sean. I'm Sasha. And today we are we are doing a uh, a continuation of a, a theme we've sort of scheduled for ourselves. Because uh, you know we're at our busy time of year. Yeah. And these are easy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Just like your mom. <laughs> dude, you know she listens to this, right? Hi, Sean's mom. <laughs> Sasha looks very sheepish and apologetic right now. No, I don't. She does. I mean, he has to get it from someone. <laughs> <laughs> this this bottle is like impossible to open. This is there we go. All right. So today we are we are continuing our our bit of uh, people who were on the wrong side of the law with some people who kind of skirted it by taking advantage of some loopholes. Um. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they took. I don't know how loopholey this is, but I. I. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I clearly failed at my own research, so let's just. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is your glass empty? Yes. Okay, because I'm just gonna pour this while we're doing the introductions. Uh, yeah. Legal loopholes. It's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a blast. We're drinking totally random, unthematically related. Uh-huh. Uh I. Oh God. Yeah. That yeah. smells like something. I smell it already. I'm not even close oh. to it either. Um, so last week's episode, we, we drank the 19 Crimes wine. And when I was at the store, we recorded yes. these episodes back to back. When I was at the store, uh, I was like, hmm, I should get that. And then for some reason, some voice in my head was like, I bet Sasha will get that yeah, for the criminals I went, thing. Yeah, I went the easy route. And the fun thing was, I was just going to let you be like, uh, you pick, I got something that could work for both. Because this does work for, 19 Crimes worked for both, especially for mine, because mine is Australia-based. Nice. And this is, an 19 Crimes was an Australian-based wine. Still is an Australian-based wine. Yeah. But it's all in my belly right now, so <laughs> it was a wine. Belly. Yeah, so the, the random beverage I grabbed, something I had never tried, well, still have never tried, uh, uh, but uh, you don't seem too thrilled with just the the, the smell scent. is real yeah. bad, Sean. So I just can't. This is the wild turkey American honey. Uh, it bills itself as an exceptionally exceptionally smooth liqueur blended with pure honey and bourbon whiskey. For the record, I went through a time in my life where I loved Jack Daniel's honey. Yeah, that's not the time anymore. <laughs> So the little blurb on the back here, uh, and I mean oh little, God. the makers of Wild Turkey Bourbon present American Honey, a true bourbon-based liqueur made with real American honey for an exceptionally smooth, sweet taste. It legitimately smells like cough syrup. Like, to just take a nice big whiff, Sean, because it smells sickly sweet. All right, let's do this. Smell. Yeah, smells like cough syrup. That was a good... It was a good description. God. It's going to make me physically ill. I have a feeling like I don't like I could never take cough syrup as a kid. I can take cough syrup now as an adult because I know how to do shots now. Um, <laughs> back of the throat. <laughs> back of the throat. Just toss it back. But I don't know if I can sip this, dude. Like, Well, let's try it. Let's see what we're in for. Wild. Maybe if I don't breathe. Well, wild turkey American honey, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Nope. 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 That's a pass. That's a no for me, dog. That's a hard pass. That is oh, disgusting. That is foul. 
That tastes like cough syrup. Mm-hmm. That tastes like the unflavored cough syrup. And it like it's like lingering in the back oh. of my throat like a cough syrup would. Wild turkey, your normal stuff is okay. Oh, what were just... you thinking? I mean, we've had some pretty bad cheap liquor on here too, and that God. I know this isn't cheap, and that's I think what makes it worse. No, actually, well, I should rephrase. It was on sale. So it it's it was cheaper than normal, but it, it wasn't bad. It was only like twenty bucks. I think we know why it's on sale, Sean. We've yeah. had like old granddad, and I'd rather drink old granddad than this. Can we get some of the spicy dickle back? Yeah, we. I'd rather have spicy dickle. I'd rather oh. have spicy dickle all in my mouth. There is a bag of catnip treats sitting on the little <sighs> tray we have, and it's tempting to grab one and eat it to get the taste out of my mouth. It yeah. is so gross. This is foul. This. All right. So actual <laughs> analysis of the flavor. There's a a quick blast of bourbon, and then you are immediately overtaken by artificial honey art yeah artificial it tastes like watered down werther's original yeah like not even because i like werther's original it tastes like but it burns the whole time yeah and it's still burning i've not sipped a second time it's and not it, it's good. just like in the back of my throat like Ugh. when you have cough syrup it's not leaving um i feel like it's pretty that was that was bad i need water yeah, I don't know what to this call. is a this is a history and booze podcast, and I just called is, for water. Is this a is this a pause moment for us to get something else? No, we have beers in the fridge. We're soldiering the fuck on. We have some Sam Adams. We're pros. We're drinking later. We're doing a fantasy draft later. I know, but we have some beers in the fridge. <laughs> no, okay. we're soldiering on. So gross. Oh, Tell me God. about your your loophole and what's going to be your short uh, um, ex- explanation. So, I I wrote something down. I don't know if I want to read it all now because it's long. What did you write but down? I also have time to kill. Uh, the law, one of the laws in which somebody used to to how, get past things. How many pages is this? It's not a page. It's just it's just some hard English to read. <laughs> Would you like me to do a dramatic mm, reading? No, I'm good. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Would you like to do a dramatic reading? <laughs> so. Let me read you all the British Treason Act of 1495. 1495? Good God. Persons serving the king for the time being in war shall not be attained of treason. The king or sovereign lord calling his remembrance the duties of allegiance to his subjugates of this his realm, and they be the reason of same our burden to serve their prince and sovereign lord for time being. In these wares of deference of him, again, this is hard to read because him is spelt with a Y. <laughs> they, they mean hymns. Yeah. And the land against every rebellion power might reared against him with him. And okay, basically, I'm stop reading this because it's too hard. Basically, it's saying <laughs> she didn't get all the way through yeah. it. Basically, it's saying that a temporary prince still has authority as long as he's loyal to the king. Yeah. More or less. Sure. Now, let me read you this other act. This is the Wheat Industry Stabilization Act of 1968. That's right. We've gone from 1495 to 1968. Yeah, that's, I mean. And this is from Australia um, legislation.gov. For the purpose of this act, the guaranteed price of wheat of the season that commenced on October 1st, 1968 is $1.45 per bushel. 
For this act, for the purpose of this act, the ministers shall, before the first day of December, in each of the four seasons next following the season referred to in the last preceding subsection, after consultation with the appropriate minister of each state, fix an amount as the guaranteed price of wheat and the season, and shall, before that day or as soon as practicable of after that day, notify the Gazette of the amount so fixed. And it also not only put a price on wheat, but it put on how many bushels a farmer could sell to the government and could sell in general. Okay. As many governments do, the uh, United States does have farm cap caps as well. Yeah. Um, it's a thing. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. There's reasons that it's bad. But let's continue. I'm trying in my brain to figure out the connection between those two things right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. On August 28th, 1925, Leonard George Castley was born in Australia. He went to school until you're, he was you're 14. All, you're in England in the 1400s. <laughs> you're in England in the 1960s. And uh, now you're in Australia. That was Australia in the 1960s. I am hooked. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so at the age of 14, he dropped out of school. He then, uh, he eventually, I'm going to go with he joined it at 18. He joined the RAAF and fought in Borneo during World War II. RAAF, the Royal Australian Air Force? Yes. Fuck yeah. And in 1969, he married Shirley Joe Butler and moved to Northampton and bought a 75 square kilometer wheat farm. I don't know how big that is. I live in America. We do the mile thing. Uh, in it's which, stupid, but we do the yeah. mile thing. Let's take everything that's that literally goes up in tens. Fuck that. A mile's 5,280 feet, bro. I'm surprised you knew that. I have no idea how long a mile is. Um, so, <laughs> wow, the look on your face, you're like, how the fuck did you know yeah, that? I got nothing, dude. <laughs> so, uh, it was a wheat farm and it was also near the Hut River or the Hut River was adjacent to the farm. In 1970, uh, he produced a shit ton of wheat, uh, but the Australian government said he could not sell all the wheat he produced, nor could he, you know, do anything with it. Just mm-hmm. a bunch of extra wheat. He asked his local governor if he could, I don't know, sell the wheat. The local governor never got back to him. So on April 21st, 1970, he declared his land autonomous from Australia and declared himself Prince Leonard. He additionally additionally declared his allegiance to the queen. Um, And in 1977, he declared war on Australia after the prime minister, Malcolm Fraser, ordered an Australian IRS to pursue him for tax evasion. Okay. So... We have Prince Leonard of the Hunt Principality, Hunt River Principality. That's it. <laughs> that's his, his place. That's that's it. Okay. But, um, so in 2016, he received a letter from the Queen marking the 46th anniversary of the province, allegedly. Uh, I don't think anybody's really seen the letter, but he said he got a letter from the Queen okay. calling him Prince Leonard. Okay. I mean, I got. The, I also got a letter from the Queen. Why? Because I'm a duke now. Allegedly. I'll show you. I left it at home, though. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> the I'm prince... a duke. Bow, bitch. <laughs> no. The prince and his wife have seven children. Ian, the crown prince. Wayne, duke of Nain. Richard, duke of Carmel. Minister of the Postal Service, Graham. Duke of Gilbore. And the minister of state. And the duchesses, Kay, Diana, and Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> By 1976, wheat was out as the main, uh, what is that, export of 
the Hutt River Principality. Okay. Instead, they're focused on tourism. I mean, that's. I'm a duke. That's going to be my future yeah. business card. Come tour my apartment. See the land of a duke. With 1976 bringing in 60,000 visitors. Yeah. Wow. Kind of impressive. Yeah. That, he, I was not expecting yeah. a number that large. <laughs> he made and sold stamps, coins, passports, and visas. And he also made 13,000 people citizens, despite them not being residents, to the Hutt River area. Prince Shirley, Princess Shirley ran the gift shop. Okay. <laughs> Princess Shirley. Uh-huh. In gift shop manager. <laughs> in 2017, with his health failing, he had emphysema. He was an older guy. Uh, he named Graham the new prince of the Hutt River province. Notice, he did not choose his firstborn son. He <sighs> went for, like, the baby son. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. And nobody knows why he didn't choose Crown Prince Ian as his successor. Probably because his name is fucking I assume, Ian. I assume there's some scandal there. Eh, uh, not that Leonard bad. died at the age of 93, but not before Australia ordered him to pay $2.7 million in back taxes. <laughs> <laughs> the province... <laughs> Princely sum. Yeah, the province is still fighting this tax bill to this day. God damn. I mean, good for them for uh, not giving up. I got all my information uh, from an article <laughs> called The Self-Proclaimed Prince of Hutt River Declared War on Australia in Wheat Row. Uh... It's written by, they didn't have an author name on it, which was weird. It was just, I think it's just like an AP piece. So it was, it was in the Dominion Post uh, from New Zealand. But yeah, that's the story of the legal loophole of how Australian has a province called the Hutt River Principality. Awesome. Run by Prince Leonard. And you can still go there today and there's still coins with his face on it. Kind of want to do that. Long live Prince Leonard. Um, Now, so for me, this also brings up some rage, Sean. You know what brings up some rage? Why? Fucking sovereign citizens here in the U.S. Yep. They can go fuck themselves. Go. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. And and Bundy. Bundy, no. Yeah. Bundy. Fuck that guy. But fuck that guy. Like, no. <laughs> I kind of get, I think he's more justified <laughs> than Bundy. Don't there, you? There was a law that said, hey, this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, like. He Bundy was actually taking resources away from the government. Yeah, a government that his own conservative principles said he had to give them. Yeah, whereas this guy was just just trying to grow some wheat. Yeah, and he wasn't hurting anybody. Hmm. But Bundy was fascinating. But we also don't aren't in the British realm, so try this shit, Bundy, and see what happens. <gasps> Bang. Mm-hmm. Not also, re- not really. It's not a really. long court case. And also, you're not allowed to use our roads or any of our services anymore. And your kids better be homeschooled because if they're not, then you're just yeah a dick. That'll be fun. Wow, mm-hmm. you weren't kidding when you said that was going to be short. It was short. I don't know much about legal loopholes. I was confused by this topic. The point is to research. I did. And <laughs> I talked about Prince Leonard. All There's right. not a lot about him, which I think that'd make a fine movie. <laughs> Then uh, let's let's get on writing that I script. Did, I did also learn that apparently, like Western Australia and real Australia, kind of like hate <laughs> each other. It's like Virginia and West Virginia. Yeah, like like they want to succeed secede from Australia. There's never been heard, talk of seceding. I've never heard that, but at the same time, it doesn't fucking surprise yeah, me. Yeah, like anyway. I think in the seventies they were talking about seceding, like when Prince Leonard did, and they're like, he did it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll follow this guy's lead. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna. I'll, I guess I'll go on to mine. Um, 
Mine, uh, I guess I need to qualify it even in the world of legal loopholes. Okay. Uh, my topic is known as the Reigns Sandwich. And that's R-A-I-N-E-S for anyone keeping track. What what type of meats on this sandwich? Oh, we'll get to that. What type of cheeses? We'll get to that one too. Uh, but the qualification, the sandwich is more of the symbol of the creative loop holding around the Reigns Law. But you know what? Fuck it. I like sandwiches, so there's, it gets the spotlight I was like, here. wait, there's no actual sandwich involved in this? Oh, there is. But, uh, like, uh, when you, after I'm done, you'll think the Reigns Hotel would be a better topic. But fuck that. Sandwiches rule. It's the best thing ever. Sandwiches are good. So, what was the Reigns Law? I don't know. You're looking at me like I know. What, I don't even know what country we're in right now, dude. We're in the United States. Okay. It was authored by uh, John Reigns. Okay. That, relatively, that checks. Relatively unimaginative. Uh-huh. Uh, it was passed in 1896 by the New York State Legislature. Okay. The Reigns Law prohibited the sale of alcoholic beverages in the city on Sundays, except in hotels. So okay. this whole thing, it doesn't sound like it initially, but this was a heavy-duty decency and class warfare thing. So it wasn't like teetotalers just being all like... Oh, it was. Okay. They were dicks. Um, most, most people in the city that worked had a six day work week, Monday through Saturday. Oh my God. That's gross. It's right? like John's work week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Except he works Monday through Monday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, they only had Sundays for drinking. So normally on your day off, you would go down to the saloon and you would drink, right? I mean, I would drink at home. It's cheaper. I mean, it is now. <laughs> I don't have to like put on pants. <laughs> so. The city at the time, this was this was a relatively stable thing. Uh, New York had more than eight thousand bars. Damn, I wonder like, how many they have now. Right, that would probably be, about the same. Yeah, actually, I, I think more. New York has yeah. grown, but uh, so New York Republicans spoke for a constituency that largely consisted of churchgoers and middle class teetotalers, busybodies. Uh. You mean the downers of the world. Right. You mean basically what they speak for now. Yeah. Cool. Inside the city, uh, reform like this was was pretty popular among this party. And this is sort of a one of those black marks on his resume for me because it was championed by a young, he was 37 at the time, bright-eyed new New York City police commissioner, Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. Have you ever... Did you watch the show The Alienist? He was a character in that. I know, I never did. I know he was a dick. Like Yeah. That whole Panama thing. Well he Man, ha- what a you dick. know, he kinda had to be a dick too. Anyway, I don't want to get off the rails here. His wife died. The first one. <laughs> but then he also <laughs> named his <laughs> his 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 son's name is Kermit. Yeah, but he <laughs> That's named, another black mark. I think it's weird. I don't like it when you name your kid after yourself, like in like even at juniors, I don't like that. Yeah. But especially when you're a woman, it's it's weird. Yeah. So anyway, so when you have a future president who also happens to be like the definition of alpha male, like Teddy Roosevelt, championing. I think he had some major like Napoleon comp. He wasn't dude, a big dude, man. No, he wasn't. But he also like you don't fuck with him. 
This guy got shot at the middle of giving a speech. And continued the speech. With the bleeding bullet wound but in his chest. He was a sickly kid, so I think he just lived the rest of his life trying to like make up for his shit childhood. He more than did that. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that speech. He basically gets shot and looks down and goes, before I was so rudely interrupted, and then gives a 90-minute speech. And I imagine he was just flipping off the guy who shot him the <laughs> whole time. Just like, so, God damn it. Anyway, when you have a future president and alpha male like mm-hmm. Teddy Roosevelt championing for this sort of a change, it's going to happen. Unfortunately. So, 1896 rolls around, law passes, uh, takes effect on April 1st, 1896, right? Yes. And it was essentially designed to put all of these seedier, lower class bars out of business. But those um, are the best bars. Right? Uh-huh. It raised the cost of the annual liquor license to $800, which doesn't sound like a lot to us, but it, it immediately tripled the cost of it. Oh, they tripled the cost? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, it prohibited saloons from being within 200 feet of a school or a church. That's bullshit. We right? were here first. It raised the drinking age. By the way, I have questions about this, but it raised the drinking age from 16 to 18. <laughs> Why can't it be I, 16 now? Like, I, I don't have, care. Actually, yeah. I don't want it to be 16 now. Right. How old am I? I'm like 30-something. I want the drinking age to be 30. <laughs> uh, so it forced saloon owners to keep their curtains open on Sundays so that they couldn't hide drinking. Like if police just happened to walk by, they could see inside if someone was drinking. But what if they're um, drinking water? Winky, winky. Right. So uh, at this time in New York, if you were poor... And maybe food was hard on Sundays. Uh, all you had to do was come into these places and, and buy a cheap beer. Because most places, they would serve cheese or onions, complimentary stuff like that. Onions? Like snacking onions? Yeah. Haven't you had fried onion and shit like that? No, but the what now? No, but the way you say it, they didn't have deep. They didn't have blooming onions. No, in but the they, 1800s. they would still cook them. <laughs> Would they? Wait, I, so a pan of grilled onions is served to you as a bar <laughs> snack, not and that's okay? Not necessarily grilled, but they'd cook them. But there were also cheese and the other Boiled foods. Boiled onions? Why the fuck not? It was New York in the 1890s. I don't think deep frying was around yet. I didn't say deep frying. I said frying. You throw it on a pan and you stick it over fire for a while. And that's like grilled onions. You're getting on the wrong detail. <laughs> not though there's just people eating onions in a bar bars would serve these complimentary foods with their beer uh so someone is poor or whatever they go in they buy a cheap beer they can get food right sweet onions go ahead (laughs) this law outlawed that so the onions in particular all any food served complimentarily with a beverage even more than just on Sundays, like all the time. Uh, well, at, at a bar, the places it was specifically targeting these places because they were trying to put them out of business. What about garnish? Hang on a second. <laughs> I don't think garnish existed like it does then, <laughs> like or it does now. Like you know, the Bloody Marys with the whole hamburger as garnish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that seems like a nice loophole. Yes, go back into the hipsters and and uh, so. However, there was a provision in the law. Mm-hmm. Championed by these these teetotaling dick bags. Is about garnishes. <laughs> hotels were still allowed to serve liquor on Sundays, provided they meet a couple of conditions. Okay. One, they could serve to guests only, and two, the drinks could only be served during a meal, 
or in the bedrooms of the hotel. So I would open up a speakeasy in a hotel room right? so quick. So part of the reason for this is wealthy New Yorkers uh, would dine out at the city's hotel restaurants because they were the fine dining at the time. Yeah. Because Sundays was the typical day off for all the live-in servants. Well, yeah. So you would they would take the day off. They wouldn't be able to go out and get their shit, but you could go to the hotel, be a guest for a day because you could afford that, and then you just get around Boo. all this shit. So you can still drink and eat to your heart's content. Uh, this is where the loophole comes in. Uh, because the hotel thing, yeah, that was all it took for some uh, sweet, sweet loophole action. I mean... The Rains Law, right? The Rains Law took effect on April first, eighteen ninety-six. Magically, a week later, <laughs> a whole lot of bars set up real basic, and I'm using finger quotes overly dramatically. Bedrooms. It's a cot um, in a corner, isn't it? In the upstairs section of buildings, or they, or and they would apply for hotel licenses, or they would just like work out a deal with upstairs or adjacent boarding houses. Be like, we're a hotel. Like what are you what are you saying? So then, they would serve food. Enter the rain sandwich. What type of sandwich is it? Well, ninety nine percent of the time it was inedible. Because it was just fried onions. <laughs> could, no, no, because we're talking bare minimum here to meet the word of law, uh, spirit of law be damned. Sometimes it was made with moldy bread, rotting meat and cheese. Other times it was a brick between bread rolls. <laughs> um, occasionally it was made entirely fake. It was just entirely like rubber shit. I don't understand though. They already had their free hors d'oeuvres and like peanuts around. Why couldn't they just serve that on a well, plate? Well, they had had to get rid of it all. They couldn't stop uh, buying food. And okay. then they were like, oh wait, why would we order all that? What they would do is they would take this sandwich, which sometimes was rank, sometimes was fake, sometimes was a brick. And let's say you ordered a beer. I would like a beer, sir. The guy hands you a beer and then a plate with a dirty old moldy ass sandwich. Mm. Down the bar, I order a beer. He's like, I'm going to need your sandwich. He, he hands you the beer. He hands you the sandwich. He goes, there you are. And then he grabs the sandwich and he takes it to me with my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that's fair. Right? Yeah. So it, that And that's what they would do. The bar staff would just take the sandwich back right after they gave it over. And then they would just give it to the next patron. Mm-hmm. Some sandwiches were kept in circulation for weeks at a time <laughs> because they were like, why would we spend any more than what we have to? What if you like, actually wanted a sandwich? <laughs> well, I'm sure you could afford could you to go like, to a place that had sandwiches. Could you just be like, I brought my own sandwich. You just <laughs> hand it to me. Right. So uh, my favorite part about this is that astonishingly, city officials were fine with this because it satisfied the law as it was written. <laughs> they were like... There are thousands of these places. Do you want us to try to fucking enforce this? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm Teddy Roosevelt. Which led to some amazingly seedy growth uh, because New York saw about 1,500 of these so-called Rains Hotels open over the next year. Brooklyn alone went from just over a dozen hotels to 800 in about six <laughs> months. <laughs> oh, and if you were a tourist who didn't know what was going on. Right. And all of them served this awful Rains food. But unfortunately... There were some unseen consequences. People caught fat? I don't know. A bunch of bars that are already super divey set up a bunch of beds in the corner or next uh, door or I know upstairs, what people do in beds. And they'd been drinking all day. Uh-huh. What happens? Sexy time? A whole yeah. lot of prostitution. 
Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of prostitution. But it's okay if they give you a sandwich with the sex <laughs> <laughs> so around the, the law. The the people that championed this act were, were not too pleased. Uh-huh. Uh over the next several years there were a bunch of revisions to these these various acts. Um I will spare most of the details. The, one of the big landmarks is that in 1907, the New York State Supreme Court basically said the sandwiches had to be real. They were, like, they were like, you have to serve this shit in good faith. You can't just throw around a brick with bread around it. Like, How big did they have to be? Like, I could give them a little, like... A mini sandwich, right? A mini sandwich. <laughs> the sliders, that's yeah. where they came from now. Um, but the reformers that pushed for the Reigns Law were only just starting. Because you know who they partnered with after that? I don't know. Some angry bitches. The Anti-Saloon League. Ah, that was correct. Angry bitches. Yeah. Have you heard that name? Yes. Isn't that that one lady who likes to hatchet things? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to answer that because that question without an answer is amazing. (laughs) But if you've heard the name the Anti-Saloon League, that's because you know they were the country's leading special interest group that saw prohibition established in 1920. Like, didn't Car- Carrie Nation, was that her name? Was that the hashtag? No, I'm not name? answering. I'm not answering. You're the worst. You know, uh, she liked to beat yeah. saloon owners up. <laughs> so we we had uh, Prohibition. A few years later, Prohibition was ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all worked out well, I guess. But I guess. <laughs> we literally do a podcast about booze, and you say, <laughs> I guess the ending of Prohibition turned out well for us. Well, I mean, at the time, there was still a bunch of shit to go through. Oh, my God. It was 1920, what, 21 when when we, no, it was the 30s. I can't remember the exact year when we repealed Prohibition. But we still had Nazis to deal with. Like, there was no, some but shit. what I'm saying We're is. We're fine now. Can you imagine dealing with Nazis without booze? Oh, God. It would be horrible. God damn. Or what were those people in Vietnam supposed to do when they came back, if not drink themselves? To, they wouldn't have had that option. Heroin. Oh, yeah, heroin. Heroin wasn't around then, was it? Yeah. Oh. Have you ever heard the story of Frank Lucas? No. Is I he related to Mark? I should have. <laughs> hi, Mark. You don't listen, but <laughs> hi. Uh, no, we should do another criminals thing. I, I call talking about Frank Lucas. Okay. Because that dude was a fucker. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, the Reigns Law was sort of a pushback against early prohibition that led to real prohibition. I'm going to ask my heroin dealer for a sandwich <laughs> next time. It seems <laughs> like it's the only way to... Yeah, I think there's an old New York law. You have to serve that with... Yeah, <laughs> can you give me a sandwich uh, with the so heroin? So my sources, I, the majority of it came from an article uh, called, this is a terrible title, To Evade Pre-Prohibition Drinking Laws, New Yorkers Created the World's Worst Sandwich. Uh, Let's get some jazz on these titles, guys. Yeah, Daryl Hartman from Atlas Obscura. But the book or the article heavily referenced the book Island of Vice, which I I browsed through a bit. um, This uh, really actually surprisingly user friendly interface of an ebook, but it dealt more than just this topic it dealt well with, i would assume so it dealt with decency topics across all of new york over time but it was i assume some great laws about hats yeah it was still well written though but those were my two main sources uh yeah yeah and that's uh, that's it for the rains sandwiches aka my topic should have been titled the rains hotels but fuck it sandwiches are better than hotels i mean it depends what type of sandwich and it depends what type of hotel if you're giving me a Ritz-Carlton and a tongue sandwich, I'm going to go with the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> what about the Ritz-Carlton Hotel? That's what I meant. 
so that's but now it. I want to make a sandwich with Ritz crackers and call it the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> so this, as if for this shorter episode, uh-huh. uh, one day I'll talk about Frank Lucas on here. Don't look him up, everybody. One day, He's a fucker. I'll read a book fully. <laughs> uh, listen to us everywhere you listen to your podcasts, and then play us everywhere you go. Uh, follow Not us. Not like play us like. Don't play us like you're playing us, but play <laughs> us like you've listened to our podcast. Push play on our podcast uh-huh. and then turn the volume up everywhere you go. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then uh, follow us on the Twitter and the Instagram. Yep, yep. I post pictures of dogs. <laughs> it's cheating, but it works. Uh, uh-huh. when, when you tell your friends about lax historical context. Tell them we said something interesting. Whoop, whoop.